0: Welcome to another episode of Age of Geek. And Blake, they've given us full control tonight. We are totally taking over. I don't over. know why they did that. No, Steph, no Marley to keep us in line, and we've brought our friend Brandon with us. Like this is nothing. But my trouble. goodness! Watch what out! Watch out! Brandon, we're, welcome back we're to just, the show. We're off the rails uh, already. We're already talking all over each other. I'm sorry. I talked right over you, Blake. That's uh, my bad. Like, I've never done a podcast before.
1: My goodness.
0: Yeah. Brandon, welcome back to the show. How are you?
2: I'm doing really good. I'm excited to be back so soon. Like, I'm kind of shocked that you were like, hey, come talk about this topic that we talked about in the Discord.
0: Yeah, we we had a little conversation about this in the Discord after uh, our last Hot Takes episode. And we thought this is a great episode uh, in the making. But we, we have a rule here, so Blake and I have the same birthday, so we need to make sure you have the same birthday. Just say yes.
2: Yeah, you know, it's the same birthday as someone. I don't know who. Okay, on the count of
1: three, we'll, we'll all say the same birthday. Ready? All One, right. two, three. January, January 9th. January 9th. No, no, no.
2: no. It's September 11th. Now oh. that now that everybody knows how to... Uh, next, we're going to talk about our mother's maiden names, right?
0: Yep. And then next, next episode will be social security numbers. So you'll want to tune in for that. See, this is how we get Definitely. people coming back. We'll give away a piece of our identity every time. Uh, every time. We were, we're, <laughs> we were going to ask you, Brandon, how you would feel about going by Drake for this episode. So we could have the whole rhyming thing going through. But we felt like that might be a bit much. Okay. I didn't even clear that with Blake. I just shared that now. So...
1: You know what? I'm for it.
2: (laughs) I just need to figure out how to do that here in StreamYard. And I'll be all over that.
1: (laughs) We would never do that to you.
0: No, never, ever would we do that (laughs) to you. So. Perfect. (laughs) Excellent. We are, we're, we're back to another hot takes episode and we didn't, We kind of said we wouldn't necessarily do book takes every time, but this is another hot book take. And it came from Brandon in our discussion. He claims this is this is the take. And you can correct me if I'm wrong here. You claim that authors are either really good world builders or really good character builders. Typically not both.
2: I mean, or neither. Yeah, if well, you're well neither, you yeah. You just Don't
0: write books. Is that what is that what? That yeah. Makes them? yeah. If they're neither of those things, then why are you reading their book? I don't know, but you know, Stephanie Meyer sold a lot of books, so.
2: <laughs> oh. I actually, I actually have an opinion about that one. I, she, she was, she's one of the ones on my list.
0: Okay, so all right, so so is she a world builder or a character builder?
2: She is clearly a world builder because her yeah. characters are. <laughs> You know, you can you can generally tell when somebody is a world builder versus a character builder, in my opinion, based on how problematic their characters are unintentionally. Right. So I mean, uh, the whole Edward Bella Bella's her name, right? It's been a while yeah. since I've read those. Uh, they are they're very problematic together, but it's kind of an interesting uh, world. Uh, I mean, it's, it's for the right target
0: market. It's not, every,
2: it's not for everybody. But right. I, I would say uh the shattered planes are not for everyone either.
0: I would agree with that, and I'm I'm okay. with I've made peace with the fact that not everybody is going to be a big Brando Fando like myself. But but it's okay. We're
2: all fans of of Brandon. I get. Oh, I'm I'm Drake right now. I guess that doesn't work.
0: Well, that's I'll, we can fix it. We'll change it back. We'll see how many times we do this through the episode tonight. My wife asked me, she did say,
1: um, Does Brandon only like Sanderson cuz that's his name. And I was like, I don't think so, but maybe. It was maybe little... that's his no. only thing.
0: <laughs> he only reads author's name Brandon Brandon Sanderson, <laughs> yeah. Brandon Mole. I'm really glad that she th-
2: she thinks so highly of my taste in things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he only likes it because his name the author's the same name as him.
0: Yeah. That sounds like a good Steph opinion though. Like that sounds. Yeah, that's why off. she's not
1: on Hot Takes anymore.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, now Marley, Marley's on Hot Takes timeout with her Hot Take yeah. on Will Wheaton and Star Trek yeah. and Big Bang Theory. That that put her on timeout for Hot that was Takes. Bad. That if was anybody bad. ever
2: gets a chance to meet him, he is the nicest man in the world. He's just oh really? Baby.
1: Yes.
0: Yeah, I would I'm imagine so he old... is. Yeah. I would love for him to come to Salt Lake for FanX or something, but that bridge may have been burned a few years ago. No, he came. He came after that. Did he come after that?
2: Yes. Yes. And I got to see him playing with puppies, and it was
0: adorable. (laughs) Well, we need him to come back then. Uh, I was never a big Wesley Crusher fan. I'm, I'm sorry, Will, if you're listening to this. He's not. But if you are, I'm sorry. I was never a big Wesley Crusher fan.
1: Well, he's definitely not after last episode.
0: Well, yeah known for big bang theory who is this who is who are these people He's known for being himself yeah exactly exactly <laughs> yeah i mean really big bang theory was kind of his big no it was not so okay world builders versus character builders uh i i've been thinking a lot about this because what what sparked the conversation is we were talking about brandon sanderson and the consensus as we talked about it is that he is more of a world builder than a character builder is that for fair? sure 100 yes. percent. okay and i'm struggling with this because i since then i've started re-listening to the way of kings of course you did well it's fine it's fine <laughs> i i have like the same three books that i go back and listen to over <laughs> and over again it's fine
2: i was going to say like i swear every episode you're like well i just started listening to this brandon sanderson book again i think you must just have them on loop
0: yeah well it 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 is part of my obsession with the name Brandon. There's a reason you've been on this show twice now. So finally
2: the name pays off. <laughs>
0: finally. Uh, it, I, I like his stuff. It's comfort food for me. And when I'm stressed or something, I can put it on and I just know I can escape into that world, which is very well built. But his work on Kaladin in Way of Kings is pretty strong.
2: I, I okay. So I will I will give you that. Like Kaladin is the one character that I'm like, okay. He is clearly trying to build a character here and not the world. Mm -hmm. And maybe he's going to try to do that. I mean, the beautiful thing about the Cosmere is that he's built the world and maybe now he's going to give us some more of the of the characters. Like over time, we've gotten more and more uh, of different characters in the books. How how spoilery can we get here?
1: Uh, You cannot spoil Rhythm of War because I'm currently in it. Okay, so we can't spoil but everything else. Everything else is fair game. Okay, so when when,
2: when Kaladin, never mind, never mind. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right,
1: the, uh, the, so, the minis, the minifigures,
0: they already spoiled it for me. So, oh, oh yeah, they, they would. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. I sorry, man, we should have warned you not to go look at them. I didn't <laughs> think it would spoil anything, it, but yeah, in the it's, future, it's, anytime it. there's something like that, you've got to let us go look first if you're not totally caught up yet and then we can let you know okay you can go look i feel spoil. like i feel like it's not too big of a spoiler i mean no it, it was I mean, inevitable we
2: we all saw it coming
0: right yeah like i don't think there's anything shocking about it
2: okay so that's that's the counter argument about Kaladin being brandon sanderson's one redeeming character he's not doing anything that none of us didn't see coming there was that's, nothing, that's nothing that shocked us he does have some He does have some definite like emotional damage that he is working through. And that is really great to see. But it's the same note over and over and over
1: again.
0: That's fair. And I think that's kind of where you've gone with this before, Blake. You feel that way about not just Stormlight, but all of the Cosmere. All
1: his books are like rinse and repeat. And it's a good rinse and repeat, right? Like he has a good method. He has a good system. It makes sense. It's enjoyable to read. It's enjoyable to listen to. It's like the MCU. Yeah. Yeah. If it works, why change it? Right. And obviously, he's very successful. He's very highly regarded as an author. So who am I to be like, this guy doesn't know how to write. Like, that doesn't make any sense.
0: But no, I don't think any of us are saying that. I hope. not. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> a good statement coming from three people who have never published a book. Right, right. But but exactly. okay, so that's
2: that's what actually led me to this hot take initially is I've been doing a bunch of research into how to write a book. Uh right. Brandon Sanderson, I, I don't know if you guys have heard of him. We never talk about him here on this show. Uh, but Brandon Sanderson has a has course had, so at he's BYU. He's written a few things. Okay. He's written a couple things. Um, right. and 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 he decided to teach a course about it at BYU um the cool thing about this course is he filmed the entirety of it and put yeah. it on youtube
0: i've so if watched you wanna, it it's very yeah, good if you want
2: to learn how to write from brandon sanderson it's amazing um but like he was when it really clicked to me was he was talking about uh coming up with the outline of the book and how really? the outline of the book isn't what like we're taught about in In elementary school, here's an outline, Roman numeral one, Roman numeral two. Uh, But he he talks about and basically he talks about uh, you write these you write down these characters, but everything that he was talking about, characters felt like he was talking about. You have to tie them into the world. Yeah. And I mean, it makes for great. It makes for great fiction. He does a great job of that. But it also is like, okay, that is his viewpoint on that, because other other outline methods that I've seen you write about the characters and you don't care about the world. Like they they didn't say you don't care about it, but it was like nothing in there. Okay. These are the things I usually put in the character sheets. Uh, None of it is usually like, this is how they fit into the world. It's, it's just, here's this character.
0: And it's interesting. I think that works really well in the epic fantasy genre that he, that the Cosmere takes place in, right? Like that's all epic fantasy. But when you get into some of his other books, like the Reckoners, that method does not work as well. I don't enjoy the Reckoners nearly as much as I enjoy the Cosmere stuff. And I think part of it is the world isn't as developed because it's you don't have that same amount of time, the same amount of depth that you get in some of the, the Cosmere books. And I the might, characters aren't. I might argue with you on that one a little bit. I
2: re, the, the, the Reckoners, that was my gateway into Sanderson. Okay. Because somebody told me, hey, you like Superheroes you should read Brandon Sanderson. Here's a book on superheroes. And it's like, Oh, give me more of what this guy has to, has to write. And in that one, the reason he doesn't spend as much time developing the world is because it's just a slight offshoot from modern times. Like Mm -hmm. he is able to draw on a lot of the things that we already have here in this world. And so I think that, i i I think that it's more of the same he just is able to use some cliff notes versions of things because we kind of know how things feel oh except they were turned into metal
0: yeah i and i and i get that i think that's the reason why he didn't have to develop the world as much but to me the reckoners the characters not being as well developed stands out to me more than it does in the cosmere and i think part of that is because of the of the world that it takes place in, and it's not that big epic fantasy that that I enjoy. Um, But I will say the Reckoner series has one of the best hooks ever. What if everybody that had superpowers was bad? And that's kind of cool.
2: Yeah. Yeah, no, there's a fight scene, an unexpected fight scene that pops up in that first book um, where, where you learn something about a character in there. And it is... And to me, that's where... I was like, OK, Brandon Sanderson is the guy to follow because he can write this action like this. And at the moment, I didn't realize that I, I feel like those big action scenes heavily rely on understanding what's going on in the world mm-hmm. because uh, because it do, it it matters to know, you know, how how the consequences are going to lay out. And, you know, Brandon Sanderson just does a superb job at that. But. Um, I don't know. We could we could make this the Brandon Sanderson Power Hour, but do you guys have any anything?
0: So when I thought about like a lot of the fantasy books that I've read, the authors that I could think of are all really good world builders and not very good character builders. So I think of like the Wheel of Time series by Robert Jordan and Brandon right, Sanderson. Well, finished by Brandon <laughs> Sanderson. <laughs> so we'll talk about just books one through eleven that weren't written by Brandon Sanderson, but the world that Jordan creates is amazing the characters that he creates are one dimensional and really flat. Yes. And, and Tolkien, who is arguably the greatest or recognizes the greatest fantasy author of all time. Great world building. I mean, you can't argue that Tolkien did a great job building this world. His and, characters are not. And
2: anybody who says otherwise are like, Oh, Samwise Gamgee is the best person in the whole world. They're remembering the movies. Yes. And not the books. Yeah, for
1: sure. For sure.
0: My hot take on the movies versus the books. Everything Peter Jackson did character wise is better than what Tolkien did in the books.
2: 100%. The books are like reading a
0: textbook. Yeah, very much so. And it's, and if you really want to get the feel, go read the Silmarillion. That is like reading the <laughs> Old Testament.
1: So in, in really preparation was. for this, I wanted to see what other people thought were the best world builders. Okay. And so I just googled who's the best world builders, and hey. Tolkien came up as number one for everything. Everybody yeah. says Tolkien's the best, but a very, 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 very close second is Terry Pratchett. It's the Discworld and stuff. Yep, Discworld, and I have to show my ignorance here. I like I recognize the name and I know his stuff, but I haven't read his works. But they say he's just like a a god at world building so have any have either of you guys read his stuff
0: it is it is one of the glaring holes in my fantasy experience that i haven't read terry pratchett yet and i and i want to remedy that because i've heard really really amazing things but he always has kind of just slipped under the radar and has never been the big mainstream success that like a tolkien has been but, yeah. but i've heard those same things
2: I mean, when are you going to find the time to do that in your very packed listening schedule of oh, the, the entire way Cosmere?
0: <laughs> Listen, sometime I'm going to have to step away from the Cosmere and visit Discworld, and I just haven't found the opportunity to do so yet. So, or made the opportunity is probably a better way to say that. <laughs>
2: so with Discworld, I know that I have consumed that at some point somehow because I've read through like the summaries, and I'm like, I know this story. This is a story I have consumed before. I don't remember it at all. Interesting. Um, and which means I probably read it when I was like 13 and didn't understand the themes and
0: stuff like that. Well, um, I
1: guess there's like 40 of them. Yeah. Like, there's it's a ton. Just massive.
0: But, but they're not like 40 Brandon Sanderson sized books. Yeah. Okay. See, I, see, and stronger. I have a
2: harder time with that. I wouldn't mind 40 Brandon Sanderson size books, uh, versus 40. I, I don't know how long they are, but 40, hundred page books. Because I, so to me, Discworld very clearly has to be a library read. Like this, I have to check out the books from the library and read it because I'm not going to spend my monthly Audible credit on Discworld because if it's only 10 hours long, I don't know how long they are. I'm not getting as much. Whereas if we had a, uh, 40 books that were, uh, that were 25 hours long, I'd be like all over that. I listened to the entire, uh, the entire, oh, we were just talking wheel of time series in about two months, uh, because I was like, yeah, there's like a bajillion books, but they're all super hefty. And so I didn't mind spending the investment t- in that series. Like, I don't know. That's a weird mental block that I guess I've got.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That I I've done the same thing. Though yeah. That is a book. weird mental block you've got. No, it is, but I have, I might have a similar one because I, when I look at, so I just pulled up Terry Pratchett, Color of Magic is Discworld book one. It's seven hours and 58 minutes long. I look at that and I think, but, but that's 40 hours shorter than a Brandon Sanderson book. That's like, that's like, and that's the same, that's the same price in my mind. And I can't bring myself to do it, which is probably bad of me, but I should remedy it. I should see. And who's the narrator anyway? Well, he's
1: it's I thought it was just super interesting that people put him on par with Tolkien and and not not for me to be like well I know everything but for me to be like I don't even think I've read his works. I couldn't even like other than Discworld I wouldn't even know his stuff.
0: That and and you're not you're not that strange. There's a lot of people who read in that genre that have not read Terry Pratchett.
1: Which he, that makes me feel better. Thank
0: you yeah (laughs) well there are
2: a lot of people who go to read terry pratchett now and are like this is just a rip off of blah 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 because because it's a lot of themes that have been recycled over the years not that he was i mean i'm sure he recycled some things from some people somewhere but because it was so influential there are it has been picked up like do you remember when john carter of mars uh, Mm -hmm. came out the disney movie uh that completely flopped uh the the big complaint that I ever heard about that one was, Oh, it's just a rip off of this and this and this, where it was based actually based off of the book that inspired that, older. that, and that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, it, and I think that that's definitely an issue with, with Terry Pratchett, because it's been around for a long time. He's, he's passed on. He's not alive, not with us anymore, but um, I think he's influenced a lot. And yeah, I do think if you read it now, it'd be like, Oh, this is just a rip off of, x y or z and it's not it's the other way around so
1: so moving on the next yeah. person that got brought up probably okay. third frank herbert for dune oh man and, and there and i'm you and that... i both agree jake that dune isn't our favorite we've tried no. and yeah and people Brandon consider and you dune is the greatest dune. fantasy book ever written okay like i'm not gonna say book.
2: i'm not gonna say greatest fantasy book ever written but I will agree that he's a great world builder because I can't tell you how many hours I spent as a kid playing the Dune video game, (laughs) like the RPG-esque video game. And so I do believe like he's built a great world that you can do a lot of really cool things in. The story just isn't there to go with that world. Like this is the thing that separates, I feel like Brandon Sanderson and the other great world builders from your great world from other great world builders is they have enough of a story there to go with the world because you can build a really great world and not have a great story in it.
0: Yep. I, I agree. Frank Herbert's Dune is one of those books that I think you have to read on some level just to like say that you've read it, but it's okay to say it's not great. Like it is long. It's tedious. It's hard to get through at times. And I think, honestly, I think Tolkien can be the same way, but I like the fantasy world of Tolkien better than I like Dune. And there's enough of a story, like you said, Brandon, there for me to, like, I want to see what happens to the Fellowship. I want to see what happens with the ring. I could care less what happens to Paul in <laughs> Dune. I don't care. If he dies in the desert, like like Drago said, he dies. If he dies, he dies. All right? That's so funny. Um,
1: and then... There was one other author that got brought up a lot, and I am not a part of the anime manga world, but Akira Toriyama, and I'm probably saying that incorrectly, the creator of Dragon Ball. People think that's amazing, and I didn't even know that that was like a store. I just thought that was like an anime TV show. But I guess it's a legitimate story. I don't know. Well,
2: it started out as a manga. Well, okay. But, but to be honest, like the inspiration of it started out as a fairy tale. Okay. Which then he converted it into a manga, which then got converted into a TV show. And so, it's still in. It's still in. Uh, you can still buy the manga stuff, but it's really more considered like the TV show now. But at this, point, you know, yeah. it's it's got a big world. It's got a lot to do. I don't know that that's. It's a great world. Uh, Well, I thought
1: I I was reading about it and I read this and I loved it. It, They asked him how he plans out his stories. And he said, there was no planning on my part. I am famous for not planning. If anything, my editor is the one that was forced to put plot points into the story. Toriyama (laughs) said that Torashima's blunt nature was the perfect counter to him, to his writing style. It's actually amazing how much this editor contributed to my story in interviews he says things like I made him write this, or I decided what should be happening here. And I think that in a way shows how great he was at world building, that he could make a story, not even knowing what the story was going to be. Yeah. So I don't know. I think that's interesting right. that, that he took it so far that he didn't even plan a story. He just built a fun world to play in and went off of that. So there is a genre of stories right
2: now that happen Uh that are basically lit RPG is kind of the thing, but they're web serials, essentially Uh, Mm -hmm. there are sites. The big, the big one that I can think of off the top of my head is Royal road where authors go and they write one or two or five chapters a week on their book. And they, you know, people, and they just post them there and people uh, support them on Patreon. There is, there are authors who are making amazing amounts of money every month doing that and they're just writing about their characters and you can tell a lot of them have no idea how they're going because you can't, you can't end that story when you start making 15 grand a month.
0: No, you want to keep it
2: going. I I, I can't end the story now. I've got to keep going. So like, I'm, I'm reading a book that I'm like on the eighth book. And these are like Brandon Sanderson sized books um, that just, it's like, okay, well every chapter he's getting, he's getting a dollar from, from a thousand people and so he wants to write four of those a month and yeah. I mean I wouldn't blame anyone and that's kind of where Dragon Ball Z is at and a lot of animes to be honest is they are just every episode is just okay what's the next thing that's going to happen What's the what's the natural thing that's going to happen when we do this when X happens then what is the consequence and they deal with the consequences a lot and then they just throw in the random like oh and then an alien showed up uh, to completely change
1: the direction that we were going interesting I, yeah often, I, I'm I'll go ahead Jake
0: oh I, I was just gonna say I've, I've heard in the writing world that term you know are you a planner or are you a pantser meaning do you do you plan ahead or do you write by the the seat of your pants where you you just kind of go this guy sounds like he's taking it to the extreme like I really had no idea I, I think at least someone who considers themselves a pantser they're not going to outline everything but they're going to sit down and they have an idea of what they're going to put down on the paper or the computer screen you know since almost everybody writes on the computer now but anyway okay blake it was
1: just well i was just gonna say it was interesting to, to read about him because he's again i didn't even know that that was a a, a person was behind that world so yeah. um Somebody that was very um divisive was George R. R Martin. Okay. A lot of people say he's great at characters, a lot of people say he's great at world building, and I thought that was interesting. Again, I think maybe they have the TV show in their head. Yeah. You know. And and they did, in their mind they them- have they have Tyrion Lannister acting out as a as a, an amazing actor, you know. And maybe he's not as good in the books. I don't know yeah. what. What are your guys' thoughts? Have you guys read Game of Thrones? I have not. I've not read it. I have not watched
2: it. I've won a trivia contest on it one time, though. There you go. Wow, uh,
0: <laughs> that's impressive.
2: You know, with, with with the way pop culture was when that was coming out, uh, if you hadn't heard about it, you were under a rock somewhere, for sure. But uh, the the thing that I've been told about by somebody who read the books before the show came out was the books were hard because they would split up character stories throughout them and you would be inevitably be following some character whose story you just didn't really care about. Mm. And so I wonder if that's where the people who are like, I am a world building fan. I absolutely love this because I'm following all these different people through different parts of the world. uh, Loved it. And, and why he would be so divisive on it. Um, But, you know, I will, I'll give it to him because from everything that I have understand about that book is it has an incredibly detailed and well-realized set of complex history and politics and religion. Uh, so, I mean, it kind of feels to a lot of people, it feels like a real place, even though it's entirely fictional.
0: Well, it, yeah, I, I laughed speaking of it feeling, feeling like a real place they just came out with that new one, the House of the Dragon, the new prequel series. And there were some complaints about some of the misogyny in it and whatnot. I don't know. haven't seen it. I'm not here to side one way or the other. But I thought it was funny when someone defending it said, well, they want it to be historically accurate. That's the way it was. <laughs> no, it was not. I don't care whether it's awful, bad or whatever. But this is not a real place, so it cannot be historically accurate. That's just not the way history works. <laughs> so right. they
2: had like, dragons too. Dang it! They were
0: misogynistic and had dragons. But apparently, like you said, Brandon, they people have that attachment to it that they feel like it's a real enough place that they can make a claim like that. No, it's it's historically okay. Uh, I I don't know. I I would be interested to see how many of the fans agree. On whether or not he's good at finishing the series, George R.R. Martin. I would be it interested. hasn't been completed.
2: Okay, so that's that's another thing. That I feel like that is another sign of a world builder. If I agree. If your author starts a great story and like people there are huge fans, and then they can't finish the story, like like not even they finish it poorly, but they just don't put out a book they're a world builder because they don't know exactly how to how to tie up the character story like uh the king killer chronicles patrick rothfuss okay mm-hmm. that is a world building story to the no. nth degree see i disagree <laughs> with you, I agree
0: with you. <laughs> both and denna are so one note The whole thing is all about quote. That's all the book is. Nothing else happens except his story and his growing up and his going to school. Like you read, you read to the end of the book and you're like nothing, literally nothing happened in that book. What's the coolest part about about that book? What's the coolest part about that book? That he's got red hair. That's the coolest part about that book. And it kills me because I love reading it. And I hate that I love reading it. His prose is really well done. So I mean, there there's all sorts of things. About... So to me, the coolest part of that book
2: is the is sympathy and the and the magic system,
1: mm-hmm.
2: right? Or maybe it's the martial arts, or maybe it's the fae. It's, I... it's not both. Hey,
0: it's not. I, and I can see I, that's so interesting because when I thought out of all of the fantasy authors that I've read, that's probably epic wise. The most character building that's done is in the. I would say it's character
2: driven, but it's not a character builder. Okay. All see, right. See, see. Fascinating. I, mean,
1: I love it. I, I love the it. controversy. Like,
2: like, like, prove me wrong. Like, I'm, I'm okay with being proven wrong, or, or expose me to a different viewpoint because maybe we're both right. Because this is literature, which means it's art, which means we, we both can be right.
0: Yeah. No, we could, or you could just be wrong altogether, and it's totally fine. <laughs> No, no, if I, you know, I gave you no options for me being wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I just feel like that is, and maybe, and you may be right, maybe it's just more character driven, but I feel like we are really getting the development of that character. And that's what the story is really about. However, it hasn't been wrapped up yet. And quite frankly, I'm tired of waiting. So Patrick, if you're listening. And we know he is. Of course, along with Will, they're sitting together and listening to this. Maybe Will will I, read. I maybe mean, they could be the last uh let's get that book finished it gets to the point I feel bad for Patrick Rothfuss because it gets to the point where his fans if he says he's playing a game or he's doing anything other than writing his fans call him out on it like dude shouldn't you be writing the last book like it's a trilogy we've gotten two out of the three it's been 12 14 years like let's get this done okay so
2: with Patrick Rothfuss he's painted himself into a corner yeah. Because, because he's talked about how this is, you know, not as Patrick Rothfuss, but as the character in the story who's narrating the story. He's talked about how this is the like most important story in the entire world, about how the Edemaru are master storytellers. And so now all of a sudden, he has to tie it all together. Yeah. Everything he has he's done, he has to tie together. I feel horrible for the man because anything that he does is going to make fans angry. I and don't I, I don't blame him at and, all for not putting
0: well but out. if he had, if he had come out with it like 10 years ago instead of waiting so long he might have gotten away with it a little bit but now it's been such a long build-up and the fans online have gotten so much worse in the last decade than they were 10 years ago it's, it's awful true. like I don't want to publish anything or well okay not that I'm even close to publishing anything but I don't want to produce or put out anything because people just rip it apart
2: how many podcasts are you on
0: yeah, well, the good news, the good news is people have to see or listen to the stuff that you put out in order to have those kind of opinions, and so uh, we're still working on building that. up. So.
1: We're getting there. Yeah, soon, soon, Jake will be as famous as George R. R. Martin. With his podcasting, why, and... why
0: would we? Why would we pick him to want to emulate it anyway? I'm not sure because it's he a, made because millions hat, off of
2: a TV show. I would, I would be all
1: for that. He's definitely like the most famous fantasy writer right now.
0: Oh, I think so. I think you're right. Yeah, so. but but the hat though, I can't do the hat.
1: Okay, you won't do the hat, but you do have to grow a beard.
0: Well, I can. Yeah, that's fine. I have okay. to quit my job, but I can grow a beard.
1: Well, you think you're going to be as famous as George
0: R. R. Martin and not? You'd yeah don't have I, your job it's true
1: okay it's, anyways it's moving on you
0: just quit now let me call my boss real quick i'll be right back do All you right. guys
1: have any other authors that you thought were good world builders other people honorable mentions jk rowling george lucas which i thought was interesting
0: um a couple others that i don't remember but um jk rowling's an interesting one i don't know if i feel like she's more of a world builder or a character builder that's what i I I grimaced i grimaced at first but but i think i think she is a
2: world builder i mean yeah the world
0: of Hogwarts is pretty amazing
2: the wizarding world is what she's called her franchise now
0: yeah and and honestly there's not a whole lot of growth in harry from book one to book seven he's kind of like, he's still completely reliant on Hermione and Ron to get through whatever he's going through. And just not the amount of growth I think that you would need to see. Yeah. Dumbledore is a very problematic character, uh, but he's
2: like framed as the hero of, of the story. Like, yeah. I don't think she thought all of the way through on her
1: characters. Yeah. Uh, it's the way that he just discards people and, yeah, anyway,
2: set, sets I, people up for failure.
1: I asked my wife what she thinks because she's a big potter head and she said 100 world building and i thought that yeah. was interesting that somebody who's really passionate about it was definitely cares more about the world of harry potter than the characters of harry potter
2: nobody yeah. would care about what house they were in if
1: it
0: wasn't a, wor- a yeah, world yeah that's a right good point. yep right? I think you're right yeah so
1: i thought that was a good one
0: now uh, george lucas is an interesting one i, I have a hard time because we're not talking filmmakers we're talking authors but right George Lucas is definitely a world builder. He is not a dialogue writer. <laughs> no <laughs> one should him. ever let him do that again. But, I hate sand. It's the worst. I hate <laughs> it's Ursula it's K. Underwear. Le Guin.
1: Um, yeah. Disney came up in world building. Oh, that's not... I, I felt like that was kind of cheating because he just took like
0: old stories. I think it's and see now I feel like we're going too outside of what we're talking. It, yeah, Disney didn't like. When you think about a world builder, like a Tolkien or even a, a Pratchett or a Sanderson or a Jordan, they're creating one cohesive world where their stories are existing. Disney took a bunch of different stories from our world and fairy tales from our world and just recreated them. Yeah. which And he did great making them in his Disney. I'm a big Disney nerd. But... And, and
1: I think I think that's what people are trying to say is he he created a, a a non-fictional world in our world. Yeah. The world of Disney, you know? Oh, oh so you're talking like the
2: Disneyland,
1: Disney World experience. As that opposed and, and, to... and all these all these Disney fanatics and, and these people that live in the world of Disney. And I thought that was an interesting way of taking well, the, the it, concept of world building.
0: And the other thing too is Walt Disney, a lot of what we think about in the world of Disney right now came after walt disney passed away
1: for sure like he wasn't really responsible for this
0: i mean with george lucas again he's not writing books but i mean he was a pretty seminal part of everything star wars Mm -hmm. disney i love the guy he was amazing but i mean so much has come since his passing that it's i don't know i wouldn't put him in this either of these categories because he's not an author that's where i'm going to stand on disney
1: deal hot take <laughs> <laughs> um all right then i guess who do you guys think are the best at character writing and this one is way harder to find information on people people love pointing out who all the world builders are but if you're like who's good at writing characters the internet's
0: like i don't know yeah well i don't know i it's hard I found, because we talked ourselves I, into a corner a little bit on it but go ahead
1: I found a great theme, okay? Neil Gaiman. Okay. Grant Morrison. Alan Moore. Comic book writers are good at writing characters. And it's because the worlds are already built. Yeah. And they have to they have to live within the world that's already been built, but tell a good story. Yeah. And I thought that was an interesting... I don't know. It was just something that I noticed... A lot of comic book writers kept coming up, but then you have somebody like Stan Lee who created the world.
0: Well, so, wow. okay. arguably, okay. <laughs> time out. Well, he Let's created clear he created, about what created, Stan Lee did and didn't do. He
1: created Spider-Man. He created Fantastic Four. He created the Hulk. Yeah, but without the Kirby
0: and Ditko, like he wouldn't. I mean, they gave him the look. Well, he filled
1: sure. in the the word bubbles, is what he
2: did.
0: Yeah. yeah. And then he but, found alliter- it, alliterative names to give all of the characters for their secret identities, and that's kind of
2: it's just because kinda... he had a bad memory, is what he said. He's like, it helped me
1: to remember their names if they first and last name was the same name.
2: That was yeah. that was it.
1: I think I think it's interesting with comics. Somebody had to come up with the idea, and that's the world builder, and then people that moved on later with that same story. It 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 almost be like if somebody took Brandon Sanderson's work now. And then wrote in it and they had to write Kaladin again. So and and it's like, okay, well, I can't just rewrite what Brandon Sanderson wrote. So I've got to come up with my own take on it and my take will be different than his. And I can't change the world because that's already canon. But what I can change is maybe how Kaladin perceives this world. And I thought that was an interesting way of of having good character writing.
0: And I think with Neil Gaiman, he's an interesting example to me because in addition to some of the comic book work that he's done you look at things like Norse mythology mm-hmm. where he takes Norse mythology that's been established that world has been yep. built he's not creating that world but man does he flesh out those characters
1: for sure and, and he builds
0: those characters out
1: he's 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 taking history and making it interesting you know mm-hmm. and and kind of what you were saying brandon is the Semurilian can kind of come across as reading a textbook, but Neil Gaiman took a textbook and made it a good story, yeah. and that's yeah, and he did that through character writing. Well, and I, I mean he's got he's got example. the
2: Greek mythology stories that he's put out, yep. and that one sounds like it should be a textbook, and he just right. Yeah,
0: well, like, people loved it. Well, and and you look at like Good Omens. He's taken a lot of these biblical type prophecies and put them into our world but really it's the it's the two characters that you're really drawn to in that book the the gosh i can't think of their names now but the angel and the devil characters in the in the book so i i think you know neil gaiman's a good
1: and i think it's interesting devil. you bring up good omens because did you know that was a collaboration with terry pratchett
0: yes i knew a, that. I, 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 I that i i
1: I thought that, that was interesting. And I'm like, maybe Terry Pratchett did the world building, Neil Gaiman did the characters, combining it makes a really great story. So I don't know. It, it kind of came full circle when I saw that. I was like, wait a minute, what? You know? Also, Neil
0: Gaiman's just he comes across as a really cool guy. That's yeah, a, he know, has a character yeah. in
1: and of himself.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there
2: uh the people there are some people that I can't think of specific stories right now but there's a series of stories that i've read over time they're not related to each other but i there are themes in my life apparently and i'm just realizing this one now uh ai ai driven characters like not created by ai but the story is about an ai character those tend to be more character driven Mm -hmm. um ah, wish i could remember that there was one really good short story where the ai kind of accidentally happened and they and the boss was like just reboot it and it will go back to normal and the ai runs off at the end and it's like oh that's that was a really intriguing story uh, but it was just a short story um but i, I feel like when when people are creating ai based uh, characters that are the main characters of the story mm-hmm. they tend to be more character driven
0: Interesting. Yeah, I- I don't know that I've read a lot of books that are like that, but when I think about uh, one of my favorite shows, Star Trek, the next generation starring our good friend of the program, will Wheaton (laughs) uh, like all of the episodes that center on data are very much about data and his interaction and his growth and his development as a character. So I think that there's something to that. Artificial
2: intelligence is a really easy way to talk about the human condition without making anyone too upset.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. The a, a book that comes to my mind with that, and I don't, I don't know if you would consider him AI, but it's the the We Are Bob, We Are Many yes. series. <laughs> um. If if you guys haven't, for listeners, and if you guys haven't read it, you nodded your head, so yes, you have. But it's it's basically a guy. freezes his 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 body. He he has a lot of money. He chooses to freeze his body in a car accident to live to a point when they could fix him essentially and he wakes up and they've put his mind in a computer and then he goes to space in a rocket ship in this computer and it's just him and like that's the world and so all it is is characters like there's yeah he he ends up um 3d printing other computers and he puts his brain in those computers and then those computers become different versions of him and every time he puts himself in a different computer he becomes a different person anyways it's an amazing series i love it a lot and i thought that was a good example of just because you said ai that that reminded me of of character building in a in a sci-fi series so it's really good
2: yeah I- and i i think a lot of that has to do and a lot of the ai stuff has to do with a lot of times they're spending so much time explaining like the technology on how you get the ai that they don't have time to build that world mm-hmm. um and so the, the baba very much fits that that bill right there
0: um i i kind of think the the enders game series so enders game itself maybe not so much but when you get into speaker for the dead and uh, xenocide and children of the mind like Those books are very, very character driven Ender, like post war, post his time in uh, this military camp and everything and how he is now and how his character develops. I think that's very character driven. The world's still well thought out, but I don't know that it's world building heavy, even though there are cultures and things that are introduced that are different. Um, It's still very character driven, I think.
2: Yeah, that one is an interesting one because Speaker for the Dead was actually the one that was written first. Mm hmm. And, uh, it was very, and that one, you're right. Those, those ones are very character driven, but then he went back and he wrote Ender's Game, which was the prequel to that. Mm -hmm. And because he had a short story based on just the, on just the battle room that he then expanded and it. And and it is an it, it's interesting because that one is very much the characters are very one dimensional in Ender's mm-hmm. Game characters are very flat, but the world building is amazing in that, and I know a lot of people who love Ender's Game mm-hmm. who struggled to get into Speaker for the Dead, and uh, and so so many so that I actually started recommending people to go to Ender's Shadow because and and that's bean series and that ender shadow is goes back into more world building yep. uh versus and the characters are kind of the same characters that you know and you love um but yeah the the enders the the last part of the enders game series speaker for the end and stuff like that uh is very much driven straight by like what would this what would doing something like this do to a person yep
1: Another another thing that kept getting brought up online with character authors is what I would consider like high school English books, like Jane Eyre, Crime and Punishment, The Great Gatsby. Um, you know, just those those I Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah, those great works of literature that are are considered masterpieces, and we study them in school. And I think we study them because of kind of what you're saying. Brandon it's it's we're studying the human condition we're studying historical events in a fictional way and and again there are things that have already happened so you can't write you know the the great Gatsby that time era already happened you can't build the world it already was built it already existed but you can write characters in that time period that would be interesting if you like the great Gatsby so. Now that
2: that said, there's a there's a book series that is an absolute blast to read, uh, that that is more on the world building side. It's got it's not, it's not bad at the character building side, but it's more on the world building side uh, from a guy named Larry Korea. and mm. uh, it's called the Grim Noir Chronicles, and it is kind of in that time period of the Great Gatsby, but then there's also magic. There's a whole magic system, and how, uh, and how would that tie into the way that that world changes? So, um, yeah, no, I, you, you can do it. That's what speculative fiction does all the time, right. but you're right. You're right. The, the ones that are are about the human condition, which, let's be honest, that's what the goal of the humanities classes are. I mean, it's humanities mm-hmm. that uh, to, to get us to think about the world from other people's viewpoints um so i and i wonder if that has to do with world building versus character building because the
1: if you're if you have to build the world you
2: can't explore necessarily how different people see it differently because that would just be too confusing
1: yeah i mean like the grapes of wrath like steinbeck didn't write that hoping to have magic in it <laughs> you know like no. it it wouldn't it wouldn't make sense it, it, it wouldn't be appropriate and But the characters that he built in that, he he was able to tell the stories of that time period and help us experience what those people were experiencing. Um, And and I think that's an interesting aspect that if you're a character writer, you you can go the route of like comics, which is like super fictional, or you can go a route that's maybe, you know, not necessarily nonfiction, but a A historical historical fiction. fiction. Yeah.
0: Or, or not even historical, you can do contemporary fiction yeah, as well, where, you know, it's, it's just this is what's happening today. This is the world that I know. So you're not building the world, you're you're showing the world, but you're not having to build it. And you're showing so what, the
1: world through your characters.
0: Right. And that's the only way you can make it interesting. Yeah. It, because if you don't have to do any of the world building and then you don't do any of the character building and you don't make your character interesting. Again, why do I want to pick up your book? Yeah, then, then, it's a bad th- author then it's a that point. Yeah, then it's a textbook, and it's like, why do I want to read this? This is Which boring. I spent, I spent twelve years in public school and four years in higher education avoiding cracking a textbook <laughs> open. Why would I start doing it now?
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. I, it was just kind of an interesting thing that I, I kept seeing come up. Is yeah. it's like there's there's it's a, I, I think it's a lot harder to be a character author than a world building author. I think, I think it's and, – and still be successful and interesting, right? It's, it's think, my hot take, I guess.
0: I think I, – and I wonder if part of the reason why we might struggle a little bit going back and reading some of the classics that are much more character novels is because that style is so different from what we do today. For me anyway, I, I live in the fantasy world, which is probably right. a problem just in general but it's hard for me to go back and read like a dickens or you know a, a jane austen because it's like oh this is so i don't care about their relationships and this and that whatever i like give me some magic or a dragon or else i'm done reading this book right and i and i just wonder if that's become i think that's why those books are harder for me to go back and visit well i mean the but- pacing is totally different like there's a lot more telling and a lot less showing in those books.
1: But I mean, Steph, my wife really likes Pride and Prejudice, but she'll definitely take Pride and Prejudice in zombies over the original, you know. And so, I I think, like you said, we live in a world. Our generation lives in a world where it's like, yeah, I'm not in school. I'm not going to read this anymore. I'm going to read what I want to read and what interests me. And what interests us is escapism and and fantasy and and world building you know
0: yeah i i wonder sometimes because i i know growing up for me reading those kinds of books reading comics or fantasy books i was told by my parents it was just like a bunch of nonsense and i was wasting my time and like now i'm so take my kids to the bookstore and find whatever books they want and i want them to read and and i just feel like maybe that's me pushing back on that upbringing of no this is a waste of time and it's nonsense and uh i don't know maybe that was this isn't a therapy session but i'm uh there you go an insight into jake's mind and the workings of jake i wonder i
2: wonder what it is that though has caused us to become such escapist in society because i feel like these worlds like the you're 100% right the reason that i jump into these world building books is because it transports me to somewhere else mm-hmm. and i don't dislike my life Mm -mm. i I, i'm really happy where i'm at and and who i'm married to and who my kids are like i've got a good life like i i can't complain about it at all but i i love jumping into a fantasy world where like oh wouldn't it be cool if you could have magic you know whatever the magic system is whether it's you have Mm -hmm. to have a magic wand or like harry potter or or you use uh concepts to invest yourself with power. Like it's, there's, there's something about that, but if you can understand that you're jumping into a world of somebody else who's exploring a certain condition, do you think that would change things? Cause I went through a phase after my, uh, I was probably 30 years old and I was like, you know what? for some reason I want to read a separate piece. And so I read a separate piece, which is a book that I read in high school Mm -hmm. and the, you know, Ethan Frome. And I I jumped into a bunch of the books that I read from high school. I'm like, I like these a whole lot better now than I did when I was in high school. And you know, the difference is I was able to escape into the world and watch the main character, essentially. Like, I don't know how you guys read, but to me, I'm creating movies in my head. Yeah. Uh, So, and so it, there, there are times and places, but I, I don't know, like I can infinitely go back to something in the cosmere because there's always just something comfortable there. Oh, I do uh, all the time, but like Logan was a movie that I enjoyed.
0: Mm-hmm. It
2: was good. It made me think and it explored the human condition, but it's not one that I just turn on because I'm like, Oh, what? Oh, let's turn on Logan. Yeah. So, so I, I think that, I think there's something comforting going back to these world building books and, yeah. and media in general.
0: I, I think you're onto something there. And uh, I know books that I've gone back and read that I had to read in high school. For me, I think what makes those enjoyable is that now I'm choosing to read them. I am not one that does well when somebody tells me I have to do something like I want to push against it. And so it's different when I go back and I choose to read it but I also think I'm more mature and I've experienced more of life. So I can see more of myself in the books and in the characters. Um, And I think that that helps. And even when I'm reading these, these big expansive worlds that are created by these authors, um, I still see myself in some of the characters and I can still see parallels between, you know, things that I'm doing in life and what's going on in the books. Um, And so even though I'm escaping there, To me, being able to relate it that way helps me take these some of these principles and lessons that I'm learning from the book and adding them to my life and trying to be a better person. And that sounds really weird, but like I manage a small team at at work at my job and reading The Way of Kings recently and listening to it and looking at how Kaladin starts building up Bridge 4. Like there's some good leadership principles. There's some bad leadership principles as well, but there's some good leadership principles. And while I don't feel like I'm a slave to anyone or anything like that, there's still some experiences where you're like, okay, I've made mistakes as a leader before. And what can I do to improve and to change? And so I think even though I'm escaping into this world, there are still parallels that I can see uh, that help me connect there. I don't know.
1: I, I, I mean, I totally agree with that. I think, uh, I think i i personally like escaping into comic books so comic books are definitely my first literature and then second would be like fantasy genre sci-fi that kind of stuff but but superheroes for me they 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 give me a sense of control and, and and having a superpower adds a level of control to the outcome of what happens you know like you were saying Brandon you have a great life I have a great life I've got a family I've got kids I love my kids I've got a really good job there's really nothing bad going on in my life but there's always that element of like well what if something bad could happen and if you're a superhero you just get that much of an edge in life to have a little bit more control and that's why I think I like to live in those live in those worlds because you you can escape to them and it's always going to be good you know it it, it, there's super superman will always win you know kaladin is going to win like we were saying at the beginning like it it was a little bit spoiled that the minifigure but it was also like well we knew that was going to happen you know (laughs) and and so i think in these fantasy worlds and these world buildings like, yeah, I don't think I want to live in Middle Earth. They don't have bathrooms, you know, they don't have electricity. But knowing that little people can win the day, that's a really inspiring thing. And, and it's a world that adds hope when sometimes our world can kind of seem not hopeful. And I think that's why we escape to those places and, and we enjoy them so much.
2: You know, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, you think about To Kill a Mockingbird and the ending there. Um, it's, you know, not not the world's most exciting book. There's a lot of really bad things that are pointed out in that book. Um, and, like, it teaches great lessons, but you're right, you don't have the control. It just It just highlights how little control you actually have in the world. So while we love our lives we also don't control them. We just, uh, we just steer them yeah, uh, uh, down like a, r- a rapid river, basically. And, uh, and so, I mean, it's, it's the same concept of why, why kids love playing Minecraft. You know, you, it's an equitable place with clear rules and you can build what you want to build. And you are, and, and you are in control. And that's what everyone wants. I, ultimately, I think you're right. This, this It's about control. Um, world builders tend to exude control. Uh, I wonder, I have not thought about this at all past just two seconds ago, but I wonder how many of the world building authors are also control freaks and like to have things done just the way they want to have it done. And I can't write a book in the real world because I want my world to have X, Y, and Z. So I don't know. I'd, I'd be interested to see, to get a glimpse into people's personalities. Now, obviously our favorite world builder, Brandon Sanderson is, is clearly the nicest guy <laughs> in the world, Right, but
0: you could still but, be a control freak and I will, be. he is going to be at fan X. And so Brandon, I will give you a dollar if during his Q and a, you ask him <laughs> if he considers himself a control freak. <laughs> I would just love to see how he. If probably, I can
2: be at that panel, I if I can be at that panel, I will I will get up there and ask him that question. I will, I will frame it as, "You are one of the best world builders of all time." Does that also mean you like to be in control? And if you are you a control freak? I, I'll are you in control, in
0: control of your of actual world? Okay. I I want to be at that panel to see if Brandon makes it to that panel because that would be awesome to see that and. And the great thing is Sanderson would probably answer the question and like put thought into it and not he just be like dismissive of it at all. Um, X is coming up next week. Thank you, Brandon and Blake. This has been a great episode. Um, we're hitting the hour mark, so I do want to wrap it up. But X is next week. Many of us will be on panels at X. Brandon, I think you're on one when I was looking at the schedule. Yeah, area.
2: I've got one on My Hero Academia and
0: Quirks. Yes. Superpowers. Right my daughter will probably want to be at that one. She loves my hero academia. So we'll probably be in the audience somewhere. Uh, I'm on a few panels. Um, Blake is going to be hanging out. Are you on any panels? I'm a
1: supporter of people that are on panels. Yeah. I
0: just didn't know if you were on any
1: this year. No, I'm not on any panels.
0: Okay. Well, but, but Blake will be there. Yeah. Uh, as, As Brandon said last time, uh, that you were on the show, you mentioned that I will stop and record a voicemail recording for you. So by all means, stop me and I'll do that. Uh, I'd be happy to. If you say, "Hey, I saw you on Age of Geek," I'll I want you to record my voicemail message. I'll I'll do it. Why I not? want to see a lot of those. I would love to see a lot <laughs> I, of those. I, I
2: want Jake to come up to me angry afterwards. Do you
0: know how many of these I have had to do? My only my only request. I, I'm happy to do it, but you've got to tell me what you want me to say or at least an idea. So uh but we will be at FanX. We hope to see you guys there. Um and like you mentioned Brandon Sanderson will be there. I hope to listen to him. He's also going to be there with Dan Wells doing their uh, intentionally blank podcast which if you've not had an opportunity to listen to that you should. It's really really entertaining. I like listening to the two of them discuss things. Um but yeah, we uh really appreciate people listening. Um Brandon, your show's coming out soon. Kidbot Adventures. Kidbot Stories. Kidbot Stories. Gosh. KidbotStories.com. KidbotStories.com. Guys, check it out. Uh, we've talked about writers, we've talked about AI. This is going to combine both of those things together into kid stories for you. So it's really entertaining. It's really cute and sweet. Your kids will love it. Um, and I just definitely recommend it. I think it's awesome. So, Brandon, again, thank you for being our guest. Thank you for the hot takes. And yeah, we'll see you next time. I've got, I've we, got one more hot take. Okay. One more J- hot take. Jump in the Discord
2: and tell us what you think about our hot takes because those are the best discussions.
1: I love it. Yes, yes, but if you misbehave, Blake will put you. In oh mind. yeah, no, I'm a, I've got the, the I don't know, I'm ready. <laughs> I was gonna say something bad,
0: but I restrained no. myself. We we are all active in our Discord, so joining that is a great thing because you will get to interact with us. I don't know if that's a great thing, but we enjoy interacting with each other.
1: So we think you will, too. This week, we had a whole discussion about 90s toys and which 90s toy was the best. So that's if you like that stuff, come talk with us.
0: Yeah, that's the kind of content you're not necessarily going to get on the show, but you will get in the Discord channel. So for sure. All right. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. See
2: you. This has been an Age of Geek media production.